Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Other Side of Midnight presents The Midnight Files. Midnight in the desert Shooting stars across the sky magical journey will take us on a ride. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. This has been a whirlwind week in terms of those of us that follow UFOs and or possible visits from extraterrestrial civilizations because uh, for the first time in maybe about uh, six years, the issue of UFOs has gone very much mainstream. There was an announcement on Tucker Carlson's very first edition of this program yesterday in which he said that uh, basically... Everything that conspiracy theorists, so-called conspiracy theorists, was saying was true. We'll get into that in a moment. There was an op-ed in Politico from Christopher Mellon, a former high-ranking member of the intelligence community, former assistant secretary of state for intelligence. Now, this is probably the most noteworthy week in terms of making believers out of skeptics since December of 2017. Now, what happened in December of 2017? The New York Times published a front page story depicting actual images of UAP, unidentified flying objects, which we used to call UFOs, now we call unidentified aerial phenomenon. And that story detailed that the government had been funding basically a whole UFO watching service for many years. Well, the thing that December of 2017 has in common with June of 2023 is the very same man broke both stories. And I am thrilled that he is joining us once again to give us a little bit of uh, perspective on where we are now and, more importantly, maybe where we're going. Very pleased to welcome Ralph Blumenthal, former New York Times reporter, author of multiple books on investigative crime reporting and cultural history. And uh, he's author of several books, including The Believer, Alien Counters, Hard Science, and The Passion of John Mack. Ralph, it's great to talk with you again. Thank you for joining me. Frank, Frank, it's great to be back with you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Let me be begin with what uh, Tucker Carlson said on Twitter yesterday. He uh, picked up on your story and quoted from it, and this is a bit of what he said. In journalism, curiosity is the gravest crime. Yesterday, for example, a former Air Force officer who worked for years in military intelligence 
came forward as a whistleblower to reveal that the U.S. government has physical evidence of crashed non-human-made aircraft, as well as the bodies of the pilots who flew those aircraft. The Pentagon has spent decades studying these otherworldly remains in order to build more technologically advanced weapon systems. Okay, that's what the former intel officer revealed, and it was clear he was telling the truth. In other words, UFOs are actually real, and apparently so is extraterrestrial life. Now we know. In a normal country, this news would qualify as a bombshell, the story of the millennium. But in our country, it doesn't. The whistleblower's account ran on a technology website called The Debrief, which you've probably never heard of. The Washington Post had that story, but decided not to run it. The New York Times, meanwhile, just pretended it never happened. On the front page of the New York Times website this morning, there were five stories about Ukraine, as well as four stories apiece about Donald Trump, trans people, and climate change, the usual lineup. There was nothing at all about how an alien species is flying hypersonic aircraft over our cities. Not one word. So if you're wondering why our country seems so dysfunctional, this is a big part of the reason. Nobody knows what's happening. So his characterization of your story, Ralph, when he said it was clear he, meaning the whistleblower, was telling the truth and that UFOs are actually real and apparently so is extraterrestrial life, is Tucker Carlson's uh, summary of your story accurate in your view? Um, well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, Leslie Kane and I collaborated on this story, uh, which was in the debrief. And it said, um, just to you know, bring your readers up, your, your listeners up to date, um, that this high-level intelligence uh, um, official who's now uh, left the government um, uh, said and testified to Congress um, that uh, the U.S. has intact and partially intact craft of non-human origin. Um, and he has the bona fides to back it up, uh, you know, with an extensive uh, history of intelligence work and other people on the record, just like he's on the record. Uh, his name is uh, David Charles Grush, um, are vouching for his uh, his integrity and his accuracy and uh, his his position in the intelligence community. So uh, that was the story. And um uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say it's, you know, it, it, it's a powerful story and it's, uh, uh, you know, possibly game changing. We don't, we don't know all the, you know, ramifications yet, but uh, for this guy to come out on the record and say this, um, we found pretty astonishing. I think it is pretty astonishing. So um, this is a little bit of what this uh, distinguished military veteran who uh, apparently has been described by people that serve with him as beyond reproach. This is a little bit of what David Charles Grush told News Nation uh, the other day in light of this revelation. Uh, These are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft, if you will. Uh, It's probably not the right parlance. But uh, no kidding, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. 
Ralph, so much of the significance of this bombshell depends, I think, on the credibility of this whistleblower, Mr. Grush. What do we know about this gentleman and whether or not we can trust what he's saying here? Well, first of all, he's not the only one, Frank. Um, you know, we have uh, other testimony, uh, some of it on on the record, some, I mean, a lot of it classified, uh, but he's certainly not the only one who's come forward um, with similar claims, but he's uh, outstanding because he was a, a high-level intelligence official in the National Geospatial uh, Intelligence Agency, uh, the National Reconnaissance Office. He worked on the UAP task force, which was the Pentagon office to, uh, you know, investigate these strange objects. Um, and he ap- actually had served in Afghanistan as a decorated uh, officer. So, um, and again, this is not some unnamed source, you know, making these claims. This is a guy with a proven uh, a record, a high standing in the intelligence community. He's represented by a lawyer who himself was the first inspector general of the intelligence community. Um, and he testified, you know, before Congress, hundreds of pages of testimony that are classified. But he was allowed to give us an unclassified summary of some of this information, which the Pentagon approved for him to say was not classified. So, um, you know, you wrap all that up and this guy is is a very credible source. So he's got a lot of credibility and uh, very, very much beyond reproach. Do we have any idea what his motives are in terms of why he's coming out publicly now, not only to you and to News Nation, but to the public at large? Why would he choose to make this public? Well, first of all, he's out of the government now. He left the government to, you know, go into a private uh, business. and uh, he feels that this is information that it doesn't belong to the government. It belongs to humanity at large. He's not talking about, you know, secret uh, national security uh, information technology that our adversaries might be interested in. He's just saying the fact that we have these craft, um, we recovered that, that is not uh, national security secret or shouldn't be. Um, he also says he was retaliated against illegally mm. because the whistleblower statute says that um, uh, people with knowledge of, of uh, you know, uh, these UAPs or UFOs uh, that belongs in the, you know, uh, uh, that Congress needs to know about, let's say, uh, should be free to, to tell them. And uh, he claims, uh, and he's filed an official complaint, and his lawyer backs that up, uh, that he was retaliated against for coming forward with this information. So uh, he feels, you know, doubly grieved that uh, the that this information was withheld in the first place improperly or illegally from Congress, and that he was then retaliated against for coming forward with it. So um, you believe, and he is saying that he came forward now because of the retaliation thing in terms of telling the truth about this stuff? That's partially it, yeah. Uh, and that he believes this information was improperly withheld. This, this is important. This is, you know, world-changing information that we have recovered, uh, you know, a craft. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! 
with fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. On human craft, and this is not information that the government should keep to itself. Mm. Mm, makes sense. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Ralph Blumenthal, former New York Times reporter, author of uh, several books, including The Believer, Alien Encounters, Hard Science, and the Passion of John Mack. This week, he's got this explosive story in the debrief detailing uh, this whistleblower and his claims that the United States government actually has recovered and has aircraft of non-human origin. Ralph, a lot of people are unfamiliar with the debrief, your the other publication that you've been so affiliated with over the years, the New York Times, most people have heard of that. The, the debrief is new for a lot of folks. What is the debrief? Yeah, it's a website uh, run by uh, people with uh, you know uh, really good insights into the world of, of defense uh, spending and intelligence. Uh, we, Leslie Kane and I, uh, have both published with them before. Uh, they have a very good record of uh, of exposing, uh, you know, big stories in the intelligence and defense fields. Um, and they vetted our story very carefully, I should say, uh, checking it and, you know, checking their own sources. So uh, they're very respectable. We, we've published with them before. And, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a good way to go. I mean, we, we offered it to the New York Times early on. We had an early version of the story. At that point, they weren't prepared to, to go ahead with it. They've green-lighted some of our stories. Some they haven't. We wrote, you know, uh, uh, the big story in 2017 and some follow, follow-up stories for them. And then we were talking to the Washington Post about the story, and they were very interested but um, we had to move quickly. Uh, uh, you know, uh, David Grush was being uh, harassed and threatened. Mm-hmm. His name had leaked out, which should not have happened before the article appeared. And um, so we had to move uh, you know, more quickly than we'd hoped. And we had to get the story out to protect him and, and our other sources. Why do you think those major media outlets like the Washington Post and the New York Times didn't jump on this story? Even after you guys published at the debrief, they didn't exactly pick up on this story and treat it with the sort of bombshell worthiness that I think most people believe that it was probably entitled to. How come? Well, look, they have a process, which I was a part of at the New York Times for 45 years. So, you know, I know what what it takes. You can't just drop a story into the New York Times or the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal quickly. It has to go through, you know, lots of layers of editing. The people we were working with at the Post uh, had other stories to do. It was a very busy news time. So it was taking time. We knew that. And um, it was proceeding methodically. But then events kind of spun out of control. Uh, uh, Grush's name was leaked. It turned up a... You know, on the Internet, he was getting uh, harassing phone calls. And, uh, you know, in journalism, the only way you can protect a source uh, is by putting uh, his, his or her information out there so that they have the protection of, of you know, a public disclosure. Um, so that's what we needed to do really quickly. And uh, um, so the, the debrief was ready to, to move quickly. It, it's a leaner operation than, you know, the big, big papers like the Times and the Post. 
Um, so that's that's the whole story. It's why it ended up there, and we were very happy with that as a home because, as I said, they're very respected. It's gotten a lot of attention, the story. Uh, it was all on the record, so no one has to take anything on faith. All the names mm. are in there, uh, and the affiliations and the people vouching for uh, the whistleblower, our source, David Grush. So um, there's there's no secret to it. I mean, it's it's all laid out. Uh, talking with Ralph Blumenthal, you could check out this story. I've linked to it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash MoranoFan. In your story, Ralph, you indicate that uh, Mr. Grush had went to Congress with these claims that the U.S. government has these n- aircraft of non-human origin. Did he indicate to you or did you get any indication from anyone else how Congress reacted to this? How did they treat this information once Mr. Grush brought it to them? Well, we don't know that because, first of all, this is heavily uh, surrounded with um, classification and secrecy. Um, Members of Congress are not even permitted to uh, uh, disclose the name of a whistleblower who's come forward for for the protection, obviously, of the information and the whistleblower. So um, we have a line in the story saying that... um, uh, members of Congress uh, were, not, were not permitted to to comment on this, uh, so so we don't really know how this information has been uh, received. But we'll find out pretty soon because um, uh, it's now out there, and Congress you know has to act. I mean, uh, uh, for a long time, as you know, Frank, this this whole field was uh, was uh, sort of covered with with stigma and ridicule, and anybody mm. who. Uh, you know, who came forward with an account or citing or took it seriously was uh, marginalized, ridiculed, uh, and and lawmakers were afraid themselves of being attached to this issue. Well, now that's changing happily. And um, so we'll see how, you know, if Congress decides to, to act, uh, Grush really threw down the gauntlet to them and said, now, you know, here's the information. I'm putting it out publicly. Uh, what are you going to do with it? Has anyone from the government responded to you on the record? Uh, no, I mean, uh, uh, they put out statements to the effect that, you know, there's no verified uh, Arrow, which is the uh, all-domain um, anomaly resolution office, which is the successor to the office we broke in the New York Times in 2017, ATIP, um, uh, that they don't have verified information or something, you know, c- confirming these allegations. A very carefully worded statement that we feel doesn't really uh, s- settle much. Um, I think they're, you know, they're on the defensive. Uh, they're, they're embarrassed, uh, apparently. And um, so, they're, you know, they put out the statement that doesn't seem to address, you know, the, the level of detail and specificity that, that we, we've come out with in the story. So we'll see how the government handles it. It's going to be interesting. I thought the response to Tucker Carlson choosing to focus on this in his first episode of uh, his uh, Tucker on Twitter show was interesting. The headline in the Washington Post, for instance, in the analysis by columnist Philip Bump was Tucker Carlson becomes just another social media conspiracy theorist. And they quote the things that Tucker said in the clip that I played a moment ago. And then they said, oh, but this didn't come from Alex Jones, who makes a career out of elevating skepticism. It's from Tucker Carlson. And then it goes on to talk about how crazy it is that Tucker Carlson would choose to focus on 
this in his first episode. But the thing that was notably absent from the Washington Post story on what Tucker said, the CNN commentary on what Tucker said and others, is any evidence to the contrary of either what's in your story or Tucker's analysis of this. I'm wondering, what, what do you think of the reaction to both your story and to Tucker's covering of your story, Ralph? Well, I mean, Tucker has been interested in this issue for a long time, quite apart from his political commentary, which has been, you know, very pro-Trump, as sure. we know, and and controversial, um, you know, in the in the media world. Uh, he's been a great um, fan or inter- uh, or uh, reporter on um, on UFO issues. He's brought that he brought that into his, uh, you know, reporting on Fox when he was there, and he always was open to you know interviews on the subject. It's something that's always fascinated him. So I, I certainly don't fault him for, for that and using his new Twitter platform to uh, to explore this. Um, uh, you know, I mean, uh, when you say conspiracy, um, you, you know, there, there's some line of thinking that this, this story was dropped out at a particular time in a way designed to, you know, foment something. And I can tell you, Frank, after 45 years at the New York Times, I do not believe in these kind of conspiracy theories that stories are engineered to come out at a certain time in a certain way. This story came out because Leslie had a, had a good source and David Grush um, that we did a lot of hard reporting. We got people to talk to us on the record. Nobody spoon fed us the story. Um, and if we hadn't worked hard on it for a long time, I don't think it would have come out. So, you know, I, I think I'd like to dispense with that uh, theory that this was some kind of plot to, you know, prepare the American people for, you know, a big revelation. And they've, they've done it in this, you know, secretive way. Um, it's not so. I think it was, it was good, hard reporting that went into this. And other people have done good reporting, too. I'm not saying we're the only ones. But, um, you know, no, I, I, this wasn't some calculated, you know, move to, to, to achieve a, a particular result. This is the way this field has been moving over the years anyway. And, and just so folks are clear, David Grush is not saying that he's actually seen either alien life forms, living or dead, or alien aircraft, right? He's just saying that he's heard that the government is in possession of these things. Well, as far as we know, that he is saying only that he has heard this, but in his capacity as a very high-level intelligence officer, charge of this program, of this UFO or UAP program in the government. So he's not somebody who happened to, you know, hear some, you know, conversation by other people in a bar, and he's he's now blurting it out. This was his job, to follow right. this whole field. And um, the truth is, we don't know what he told Congress in classified testimony. He delivered what what we we do know is hundreds of pages of classified testimony, um, and what what's in that, and and how he sources that when he spoke to Congress, how he knows, you know, what he's saying. Uh, we don't know that detail, but we know. Um, that he was in a position where he would have been dealing with information like this. Uh, that we, we've confirmed. And um, so uh, it's not uh, out of the realm of possibility or it's not unlikely or outlandish that he would be in possession of this information, whether or not he actually put hands on a craft or handled this material himself. He certainly interacted with people who were deeply involved in these very deeply secret programs. Arrow, which is the government agency responsible for dealing with this sort of thing, they put out a response to your article and to the claims being made 
made by David Grush. They said Arrow has not discovered verifiable evidence to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. What did you make of that Arrow statement? You know, you got to read these statements very, very carefully. Um, um, and and you almost have to parse them like a religious text. When, when the um, uh, officers testified before Congress in their last uh, UAP uh, hearing in, in May 2022, uh, they also said they were not aware of this or they had no information. And when you, when you deconstruct these statements, you know, um, you come to the realization that they're saying that, well, they were not given information. Or so he, they don't say this information doesn't exist. So the, my, my experience is these statements are, are carefully worded and constructed to seem like they're some kind of a denial. But it, it leaves the door open when you look at it um, to uh, to something quite quite different. And uh, I mean, to say that that uh, that David Grush, our source on this, with his impeccable intel- uh, you know intelligence credentials, is lying or making it up, um, is really kind of far fetched and ludicrous. So, uh, you know, unless the government is prepared to say that, which I which I don't think they're saying, uh, actually, it would be it would, I think it would be ter- terribly untrue. Um, uh, so they can construct these statements saying that Arrow is not in now in possession of this information or whatever. Uh, that is not the kind of you know blanket denial that I think carries much weight. Not with me. You cited uh, Christopher Mellon, who spent nearly twelve years, nearly twenty years, excuse me, in the intelligence community, and as I indicated, was the deputy assistant secretary of defense for intelligence. He had a, a column in Politico this week saying that he had heard from at least four different people that said that they briefed Congress that the government has this secret entity within the government uh, dealing with this sort of a, a situation. Do we know if um, if your source was the same as one of four Mellon sources that he cites, or is this addition uh, to those four Mellon sources? Well, I think that... Um, um David Grush was known to Chris Mellon because we have talked to Mellon, and he he knew of uh, of David Grush. Um, I, as I said before, there are other people. He's not the only whistleblower who's come forward. Uh, some of them have not been publicly named, um, but we are aware of uh, you know a number of of individuals who who've given testimony, and we said that in the article. We didn't name them. Um, but uh, he's certainly not, Grush is not the only one. So I don't know how many different people Mellon was referring mm. to, but he certainly is in a position to know because he was intimately involved in um, in, in the whole field and has prepared, you know, uh, was involved in the, um, uh, you know, congressional briefings previously. Whenever I do these segments, Ralph, and, you know, this is a radio program where we cover a wide variety of subjects from mm-hmm. the, the silly to the serious. Uh, and uh, and whenever I do these segments, I'm always met with a chorus of skeptics that don't believe certain things or don't believe the sourcing or even if the evidence is right in front of them, they tend to view it skeptically. And my question after listening to David Grush and to reading an article like yours is – 
How can people still not believe that there's something there? Now, I'm not saying that there's little green men uh, coming from Mars being poised to uh, invade us, but clearly there's something there that the government has knowledge of. How can people still not buy this? You know, um, Frank, uh, it's fine to be a skeptic. Uh, you know, I like to think of myself as skeptical. I, I look at uh, everything that comes, you know, carefully and try to deconstruct it and understand where it comes from. But the label that that's been put that of, of skepticism that's been adopted by some of these people um, is really not not true skepticism. They are official debunkers uh, who no amount of uh, of of evidence or information uh, will influence. Now, um, you know, to be a proper skeptic, you have to be aware of the information in the first place in order to, to, you know, to to tear it down or to question it. Um, I don't think a lot of these people have done their homework. I have read hundreds of accounts of of witnesses, uh, sightings of um, UFOs, UAP, uh, detailed accounts of of encounters that they, they feel they have had with these objects. Um, uh, official accounts by the government, videos. I mean, I've looked into all that. And then you can say, well, you're a skeptic because you question this aspect or that aspect. But it's not enough to say, oh, I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Uh, Because we've dealt with people like that all all through history. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, I don't believe the Earth moves around the sun. It must be the sun moving because you look up and the sun is moving. So, I mean, science is full of people who who wouldn't take um, evidence uh, because it was so 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 called skeptical, but to be a real skeptic, you have to know the, the the field and you have to study the accounts, and then you can be skeptical if you're sufficiently knowledgeable. So um, I don't know how anybody can can listen to these accounts and 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 follow it and really study it and then come away and say, well, I you know, I don't believe. It. I mean, you can say I don't know because that's the the best answer so far. We don't know what this phenomenon really is, but we know now, thanks to the government, that these things are real. They physically exist. And that's that's a that's a big step forward. Uh, we've been talking with Ralph Blumenthal. You can read this story in the debrief on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Morano fan. And if you have a child or a grandchild, you could check out the new children's book that Ralph has out with his wife, Deborah, on this subject. UFOs, Mysteries in the Sky. And uh, it's a terrific book. It's illustrated beautifully. And it deals with the scientific aspect of this, not science fiction. Ralph, it's always a treat to talk with you. Thank you for taking the time. Frank, you're a wonderful interviewer, and it's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, please call me, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 